Sometimes we feel paralyzed by fear and body hatred. In order to feel better about ourselves and live the life we really want to manifest, we have to own up to our difficult feelings and self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. We all enter this world naked. Now it's time to feel good naked. No matter what your body size or life circumstances, this is Feel Good Naked Radio. And your host is Laura Redmond. On this program, Laura will help you become more embodied, self-empowered, and mindful to take charge of whom you really are and to live the life you deserve to live. Now, here is your host, Laura Redmond. Welcome to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redman, and I am here to teach you how to have a happier, more embodied life. When I wrote my book, Feel Good Naked, in 2001, often people thought that the book was only about the body. But I am a firm believer that the only way to be embodied in our body is to really pay attention to what's also happening in the mind and the spirit. And today we get to talk about astrology. To, to, for me, astrology has been an enormous guide, a very, very helpful way to understand my inner wiring. I think of astrology in a spiritual term. For me, it is a spiritual tool that I have used. Um, and I am so lucky to have with us today the most powerful astrologer I've ever worked with. And I've had many astrologers in my life. I'm very blessed with those that I've seeked to help me along the path. But Carol Ferris has really changed the way I understand my astrological chart. Um, Carol is an amazing person, but she is a gifted, gifted astrologer. Carol Ferris practices astrology in Portland, Oregon, where she consults with clients and teaches and tutors privately at the Portland School of Astrology. And Carol is a writer. She completed her master's in interdisciplinary studies at Merrill Hurst University in 2013. The title of her thesis, The Sky's Body, Constellations and Medicine, reflects her ongoing interest in the nature-based medicine and thinking of the ancient Near East and Chinese philosophers and astrologers. So with that, let me welcome you to the show, Carol Ferris. Thanks, Laura. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here because we have so many things that I want to talk about today, and I think one of the things that's been so helpful for me with you as my astrologer is to simplify some of the ways that we frame astrology, because I think that there are many people, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted you to come on my show, is to give us sort of a simple uh, understanding for each of us as individuals, where we can gain insight into our inner wiring, or as I put it, the spiritual self, through astrology? Well, I've, I think um, a, a problem for us as modern people is that astrology has its roots in a worldview that says everything is alive and everything is connected, and that the world shows us its nature if we'll pay attention. In the modern world, the modern thinking is that we're all that's alive and everything else is separate from us. 
so that the idea that um, rhythms of light and dark seasons, changes in the seasons, um, are important for us to pay to and are actually uh, expressions not only of it, as if it, as if the earth and as if the cosmos was separate from us, but that it's expressing something about us, that we're a part of it, that the astrological language is a symbolic language that describes our relationship to our world and that the planets and signs and houses of the personal horoscope are a picture of our relationship to a real moment and a real time that has potency and meaning for us. It's not shredded of meaning or purpose. So, the, I'm sorry, kind of a long-winded answer, but it's, I, I think the usefulness of astrology for each of us as individuals is how, how did we join our time? How did we join our place? What kinds of shapes did it make in our lives? And how does that grow forward? So if I were to put that into a non-astrological language, would you say that it is like an inner wiring that is personal to each human being based on their birth chart? Yes, and I think not only inner wiring, but but the, but the, the wiring of connectivity. <laughs> You know, what, that, that we step in and embody your, the, I think it's a wonderful word, embody. We step in and embody time and place. So in a way, it's the structure of our personality. Would that be another way to describe it from sort of the non-astrological mindset? Yes, I think it's absolutely a psychological language. I don't think that it's limited to psychology, I think that it has that there are other ways to talk about it, but it it will it will tell you and it will tell an astrologer something about the shape of your nature of your natures really because we're complicated we're not monolithic all one way people. Well, and one of the things that I have to say happened for me in all the different times that I've had a reading with you is it was almost as though you guided me to something within my life and personality that was practical, but that I wasn't able to see without understanding how it connected me into my chart at that given time. In fact, I know that astrologers are in no way psychics, but in in honesty, or in all honesty, when I've worked with you, you have almost uncovered something that I could not have uncovered. And it was through an astrological language and an understanding, but it was one of some of the, I mean, I have three things in particular that you've uncovered that launched me into the next chapter of my life with a greater confidence. I mean, I would say that I gained success, confidence, and balance within the personality of my chart that you explained so clearly. Well, I, we can know who we are, not in some um, a rigid way, but in an organic way. And astrology, the language of astrology, the symbolic language of astrology, the psychological language, can describe our natures. And uh, for me, I remember when I first started studying astrology, which now is a very, very long time ago, and I realized Everybody's not like me. <laughs> not only is everybody not like me, 
even though I, in my own nature, I experience a profound connection to all life, and I think that we all are a part of something that's much bigger than we are, but that insight, the, the exquisite differences between us can be described and known by, not only by ourselves, but by the people with whom we're working and our children and so it's it's uh, and how who we are as individuals in a matrix of other human beings and also in the matrix of time and place. Boy, is that awesome! I mean, I have to say that is exactly what has emerged from me from the work that you and I have done together, and then also being able to see patterns, patterns of behavior where I can have then the power to make adjustments for more efficient results and better performance in my life, whether it's personally or professionally um, or in a family or objectively. So there is great knowledge that comes from understanding a chart. And and with that, I want to jump into the fact that in the world right now, because part of what I was hoping we could do today is to discuss the astrology of now in terms of time. Um, one thing that you've taught me is that no time is like any other time. And I don't believe I'm alone in saying that right now in this time, there is so much upheaval, there is so much conflict, there is so much energy that is almost impossible to manage well. <laughs> so maybe you can help all of us understand the time of now, which I know in astrological terms must be bustling and bubbling and boiling, or I think it is. Tell me if I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great story. We'll start with that. It's a great story of how, in a way, if, if if I pick up on what you said, to know your patterns and to understand how you've built things, how you've structured things. And a part of what astrology talks about, we'll start in terms of the astrology of now, we'll start with the planet Saturn. So in mythology, Saturn was um, in charge of time and meaning. His name was Kronos in Greek mythology. His Saturn is his um, Roman name. So it is not some dead old dude or a made-up dream. It's a, it's a picture that we understand about how we build structures of value and meaning, not just for ourselves. We're, we're not just sociopaths, but how we see what is built and how we make choices that help us intersect in cultures, in families, in jobs, in relationships. So Saturn is the chooser. He's not the decider, he's the chooser. It's the quality and characteristic in every human being that looks at everything that's possible and through a system of choosing and living with the consequences of choice begins to build a structure. And in that when we're little, the, the choosing and what is important to choose generally comes from our parents. And then it comes from teachers and other adults. And then we hit 12, 13, and 14, and we go, no, I'm choosing now. And the world pushes back and says, uh, dream on. 
And so we spend the around 14 to 21 trying to integrate what we wish to choose, what we're beginning to understand is our own structure in relationship to everything else that's pressing on us and asking uh, attention from us. And then 21 to 28, we have an opportunity to really refine and hone in on all of the things with which we've been experimenting, and that is a big cycle, astrological speaking, how we build a structure of value and meaning. So today, that energy is at work in every single one of us, that the structures that we've built, the choices that we've made, around what we believe and around what our dreams are, we're having to look really hard at whether or not those structures are working for us. And so not only is this occurring at broadly um, for, for each of us, each and every one of us, but we see it in the presidential debate. We see it in Brexit. We see it in uh, Syria and the, um, the um, Venezuela and in China. We're, what we're seeing is that the structures that we've built for ourselves, individually and collectively, may not be standing up either to our dreams, to the truth, or, that, or to work. So in the story of now, um, it's a very uncertain time because we're not really sure what the truth is anymore. We may have dreams that have really failed us, and we are, it's kind of like we're all immigrating in a way. We've all packed something up. We've all decided to leave something behind. It's not working. We can't think about ourselves this way anymore. We can't stay where we are. But we're not really sure where we're going yet. So you feel that uncertainty very, very broadly. So I have another um, connection to make with this, but let me stop here and see if you want to comment or, or, or direct it. Well, the thought I had when you were saying this is going back to the concept of inner wiring and what that really means for each of us individually and then collectively as a whole. What it sounds like you're saying is that the inner wiring of now is at an all-time crossroads and it's 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 time for a new way because the inner wiring is no longer working and yet we're not sure which wires to plug in to make it work is that a fair yeah. no, comparative that's a great, to- yeah that's a great way to uh, to frame it and and let me add a, another piece at the same time that saturn is in the wiring i love that idea at the same time, we have this, this, in a way, disciplined, structure-building part of our nature. We have another part of our nature that hates rules, <laughs> and we want to be special and separate, and we want to be not like anybody else and screw the rules, screw structure. We're going to march to the beat of our own drummers, and we're going to build a new world in which all people are free. So that, the name of that in the horoscope, in the astrological model, is the planet Uranus. And Uranus was Saturn's father. And he lives outside and beyond and is older than Saturn's structure. 
So when, when Uranus was sighted in, the, in telescopes, it was named Uranus because it was outside of what was customary and familiar. So it has that feeling. Now we've encountered something outside the system. So we're also in a cycle that's about a 280, 70, 270, 280 year cycle that had its beginning in September of 1965, if anybody remembers that, that was, has been alive that long. If you remember 1965, it was powerfully, powerfully revolutionary because the, this energy that we call Uranus was pushing and seeking a new a new way to be, more autonomy, more freedom, and it was literally rebellion against old structures. And this energy has showed up at the French Revolution, and it's showed up in the Renaissance, and it showed up in um, the... It, it, it is a, it's, it's wiring. It's something that's part of us. So each of us has the task and the problem of the part that wants structure and order and meaning and reliability, Saturn... And the part of us that wants to break out and live in the present moment and have the freedom to be illuminated through living in the present moment. And those two energies, if you think about it in the 60s, those two energies, revolution and change, showed up as women's rights and civil rights. And here we are all these years later, the first challenge to the vision of the 60s are women and all other races, non-Caucasian races, how are we doing? Do we each and all have the kind of freedom within the structures that we've built? Do we have the kind of freedom that we sought and that we cared about back then? So you can see that it's very, very much on our collective plates these days in Sweden, in Denmark, in Britain, in, in the United States, how will we come to terms with and how will we build a structure that gives everybody autonomy and freedom? And so not only is it a struggle that's a wider struggle, it's a deeply internal struggle. You know, how can I get loose from old habits and patterns and have the kind of freedom and see what it is I need to see? Where am I stuck? Mm. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. You're listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm your host, Laura Redman, and I'm so thrilled to have with me on the show today, renowned astrologer Carol Ferris, who was explaining to us when we went to break what's happening in the energetic fabric of now from an astrological language. And what we were speaking about briefly at break was how we can take that example that Carol gave us before the break and really apply it to our own natures and our own personal relationships. Carol, one question I have for you about that is when you look at an individual chart and you look at the energy of now astrologically, like you just explained it so well, does every chart individually that you look at have a characteristic of that overwhelming dichotomy that you just described? Would that exist yes. within, within each chart, no matter what your sign? Yes. It's, um, all of us, it's, for, it's easier for some of us than others, depending upon when we stepped into the world. You know, so for people born in 1965, that, what they are carrying is a charge. How will you make a new world? And that it will be done with a great difficulty, with great difficulty, and it will look like overwhelming odds, but it won't stop you from, from trying to create new systems. For people who are born in the 70s and 80s have a different relationship to revolution and change because they're, they're, the wiring of the world in those days, how these energies were reconfiguring themselves, were more compatible or even easy. So it, it, every, every horoscope, every human is carrying these natural dimensions and qualities and they configure themselves in highly personal ways in each and every one of us. So what I keep feeling when you say what you're saying is it's almost like an internal battle and the internal battle, I imagine that exists in every chart, in every person's um, natal chart, which is the exact moment you're born, what is happening when you're born astrologically. But what I would love to know is, is there any sign, horos- horoscope sign or anything that would be not feeling the internal battle? Like, is the internal battle more about the individual chart or the astrology of now or both? And does does the internal battle not exist at any point now or do you see charts at this time that aren't as fevery and um, upset 
I'm using the word battle as as what I'm uh, certainly feeling as an empath. But are, yeah. where 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 is there a little bit of hope in the storm? Is what I'm seeking here. Well, I, I have. Um, I'll, I'll answer it a couple of ways, Laura. The first is um, that if, if I if I think about now, I think about the conversations that I'm having with clients and and friends now. Is that um, we all see that there are big choices before us, and that um, they they appear to be in conflict. You know, it's if you if you watch the debate last night, if you look at what's going on in Britain and in Syria, and then you you know that you're participating in a world in which very I won't even call them battle lines, but very clear choices are being drawn. And that trying to find the center, trying to find a way to integrate the hardest, darkest, worst part of ourselves and the lightest, brightest, most hopeful part of ourselves is a part, I think, of what it is we're doing now. So when I'm looking at a chart, and in my language, I see squares and oppositions in the chart, that is that... um, the, the energies of a story are in conflict with each other, it's very tempting in our culture to think only one thing can be right. And so if we have inner arguments and if we have battles with ourselves, we don't think, oh my God, is there some way I can do both of these things? We think, i got to stop some, some part of myself. I, I have to not identify with this. I have to stop doing this. So there are, in the oppositions and squares of the charts, what we could call the battles, we have a choice of either trying to make something about ourselves wrong and repress it or cut it off, in which case, of course, it will roar back in the form of, un- of the unconscious, or we can try to understand how complicated we really are and make room in our lives for things that are not like each other. In a chart where there are strong trines and sextiles, it's qualities and characters in a personal story that are very harmonious and beneficial and easy. And those are the parts of our lives that we tend to take for granted or where we, where we just don't struggle. We may not bring our consciousness to bear. We just get up and every day and do something that's really easy for us. So, yes, a chart holds both kinds of energies, harmonious as well as conflicted, but it's our, the consciousness that we bring to the patterns and our desire to integrate and let everything live that is, the, I think, the real benefit of the horoscope and the astrological language. So are you saying that the astrological language can almost lead you to the, quote, right path of the individual, if you are attuned to what that guide of that astrological path is where it's taking you? I think you can. I think astrology is a lovely, lovely language, symbolic language, that helps you see what's moving and alive in you, even when it's hard. And that's true in the collective, too. Even when it's hard, that, that we see what's alive in us. And that by really looking at it, not by ignoring it, but by really looking at it, clarity and 
comprehension and therefore change because we're not identified with an older pattern or we're not reacting to ourselves or constantly reacting in, in old and familiar ways, clarity and illumination that comes from looking is um, helps you be in a way truer to yourself, not in a, in a separate sense, but to find your place in the larger scheme of things. I also think it helps to dissipate anger, which is interesting because I think we all have tendencies that lead to inappropriate behavior, feelings of isolation and unhappiness, and that the trick is to discover our own personal glitches and then empower ourselves in a way that helps us to avoid them. It's almost like I find that astrology has opened up my mind more to where I can access the inner mechanics to deal with the glitches that are going to be inevitable, inevitable, but that are also anger-producing glitches. I think when someone stays asleep or unaware, and that's why I think astrology is such a gift to any human being, is because it is almost like giving you tools to work with that you didn't even know existed because you didn't understand the wiring on the inside. So it's almost like yes. a way to, to get through the difficulty, which is inevitable for all of us. Yes. And I, I would say sometimes when, <laughs> sometimes I think how uh, the horoscope reading, how an astrology reading actually, quote, works, unquote, is we know from physics that attention changes the nature of the thing observed. And when you bring your attention to yourself and your rhythms and your patterns, it changes it. And astrological language is a great guide, but you, the observer, have to bring your attention to it. And I would just add one more thing about anger, especially. Mars is not just gender. Mm. And Mars, you know, I mean, maybe there's testosterone on Mars. I don't know. Maybe the, you know, rover up there will discover things in the core samples. But Mars on our planet in our time is the name of how in nature we take our, we, we survive at, at its simplest interpretation. How do we get our elbows out and plant our feet? How does a, a Douglas fir seed root itself? How does a baby grow? How do we get strong and good at what we do? So Mars is about marshalling yourself, and a part of Mars's job is to defend us. So anger is a martial task, and, and sometimes we need Mars. We need to, um, to remind people this is a boundary. This is, this is not just a strength. This is not just my mastery. And, but that it's a portal, and I'm responsible for it. So what happens, though, if you don't, if you're, if you're not working with your martial energy, then, and, and in our culture, we're all struggling with that, what's appropriate, to use your word, what's appropriate behavior is astrology has a lot to say about the difference between survival and, um, and really being able to successfully take your place and know what your strengths are. So uh, that, that's, a good, that, that's a great example, Laura, of how looking at yourself and how you 
take your stand and defend yourself in the language of the horoscope, Mars, by sign and by placement, how you're able to find that. And what would be an example of Mars using that anger constructively? Because I believe anger is the most misunderstood emotion in the emotional rainbow. I think there are very constructive uses for anger, and I think there are very destructive uses for anger. So in a Mars world where anger was packaged well and constructively, what would that look like? Well, I think about there's a line in the Yi Jing, the Chinese Book of Changes, that says, Injury thinks of offense. And so I think it's very normal when we're hurt to strike back. And there are some martial placements that are reactive. You hurt me, I'll, I'll hurt you. But there are some martial placements that are about, we could say, um, a broader injury that have to do with protection and safety. And that's where you get a martial arts artist or a field commander. It's where you get somebody who has, um, who is tempered, who is taking their temper, what makes them furious, what galls them, what offends them, and moves them to create a structure in which not only are they able to defend themselves, but they're able to lead and inspire the martial energies of other people to find a different way to respond to the injury. Hmm. What would be an example of that? Well, if you think about um, in history, um, I think one of the most interesting examples in history is World War II. And that it took a long, long time for the world to come to terms with injury and to know how to make an appropriate response to the injury of of, um, bombs and invasions and genocide. And there were leaders and and the collection of a national of national wills to focus martial energy, not just not just soldiers and not just uh, ordnance and personnel, but will to marshal a will to say no. This we we are defending ourselves against this. So that's a collective response, um, a personal response. Everyone makes personal responses to injuries in different ways. So, for example, there will be a certain kind of person whose personal response to injury is to say, that didn't hurt. Mm. And I'm going to find a way to make this okay. And I'm, I'm sorry you injured me. And, but I can deal with it. And that's one way to deal with with martial, we could say desktops, because people say incredibly offensive things and people do injure each other. Another response, another, is to be so strong, and um, you think about all of the self-defense classes, and, you know, this goes in a lot of different directions, this discussion of how do you make yourself strong and how do you 
not only defend yourself, but how do you make yourself safe? Those are all martial responses. Um, so some people will make peace as a way to respond to injury. And, and their responses are, I'm not going to keep this cycle of violence and injury offense going. I'm going to find another way. I'm going to find a, an integrated way to respond to this. And other people just, you know, pick up a weapon and go off. And there's a lot of room in between those two alternatives for personal responses and collective responses. So does that answer your question? Not well, and it, it, not, it, it does. It, it, well, it answers my question, but it took me to the concept of trust, uh, trusting yourself, trusting your path, and freedom. And, and, and with that, I got to vulnerability because I think that when you are in conflict or that Mars energy is, is peaking or is percolating, it is what usually shuts down a human being's vulnerability. And it is only within that vulnerability, which is the hardest thing to feel and to allow when in conflict or in that Mars energy. But when you have the trust, the self-trust, and the path that you are on, and you are taking responsibility for who you are, astrologically and otherwise, I believe that that then gives a different frame to that Mars energy. So I I loved what you said, and it took me to trust, and it took me to a path, and it took me to vulnerability. Well, and I, I, just by way of agreeing, Laura, about that insight, um, one of the remar- really one of the most remarkable movements at work today is the empathy movement, the nonviolent communication work of Marshall Rosenberg. And what we understand through interpersonal neurobiology about how empathy rewires us. So to be vulnerable, to be open, to have the capacity to receive something from someone else, have compassion for yourself, to be able to stand in your own feelings and be really aware of you, of how it is that you're feeling, Mars, and to be open to and sensitive to and receptive to and compassionate towards not only yourself, but to the person who's on the other side of you, Venus, to, to resonate with and connect with, that there's an example of a higher integration and how to bring things that are very different from each other and how they function in the wiring, how to bring them not necessarily into harmony, but into conscious relationship to each other. Mm. Hallelujah. We'll, We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm your host, Laura Redmond, and today we are very lucky to have the incredible knowledge and information from renowned astrologer Carol Ferris. What we're doing today is we're talking about how the language of astrology really does give you a quality of character that allows you to develop a more successful and fulfilled life because you then understand that character of your own astrology. We were also talking about anger and how anger connects to Mars and how to work with that understanding of anger if it is in your personal life as we're feeling it collectively in the culture. And I wanted to open this segment with a beautiful piece that I found written by John O'Donohue, who I think is a gifted, beautiful writer. And John wrote that in theological or spiritual terms, we can understand this point of absolute non-connection with everything as a sacred opening in the soul that can be filled by nothing external. Often all the possessions we have, the work we do, the beliefs we hold, are manic attempts to fill this opening, but they never stay in place. They always slip, and we are left more vulnerable and exposed than before. A time comes when you know that you can no longer wallpaper this void. Until you really listen to the call of this void, you will remain an inner fugitive, driven from refuge to refuge, always on the run with no place to call home. To be natural is to be holy, but it is very difficult to be natural. To be natural is to be at home with your own nature. If you are outside yourself, always reaching beyond yourself, you avoid the call of your own mystery. When you acknowledge the integrity of your solitude and settle into its mystery, your relationships with others take on a new warmth and adventure and wonder. And that, for me, is such a beautiful passage that connects us to what we were just saying about vulnerability. And so, Carol, how would you respond to that passage with what we're saying? Do you, do you see it as a call to going inside and trusting the process as I do? I do. I, I really I love John O'Donohue, first of all, and his, his understandings of of the, the self, of the holy self, um, I, I, I would respond astrologically in two ways. Since we were talking about, Neptu- about um, Venus, I'll start with Venus and then I'll bring in Neptune a bit. 
again, Venus is a planet, and it's out there. It's a mythological goddess, and it's story, but it is um, a symbolic way to talk about our our response to beauty and love, and and it's not, I use the word response not in the sense of reactive, but in the sense of connected. And in each and every one of us, irrespective of gender, irrespective of sexual preference, is a capacity for glowing, potent, erotic, happy love and appreciation. And it's an inside job. It doesn't mean that it doesn't connect us to other people and to the outside world, but a part of the challenge that we face as modern people is that to be Venusian, to be happy, to love beauty, to want resonance, to feel connected, got got uh, sort of shuttled off and placed and objectified in women in a certain way out in the world, by women and by men. So for us to come back inside, what John O'Donohue is, is talking about is that where we find that happiness and that sense of beauty is it isn't that we can't be relational and it isn't that we can't respond. It's that our, that our happiness is an inside job, not an outside job. Well, and that's where I feel astrology is so helpful, again, for getting in the deepest realm of that inside person, the psyche, the soul of who we each are individually, and then knowing that and having that knowledge, taking that out into the world, which when I was reading what he had written, I felt that there is such a desire for people to want to get outside of the discomfort of themselves, when where astrology gave me great love and comfort was knowing that that difficulty within myself can be understood very well by looking at my chart. And if I can trust that and understand that and let that guide me, then I can stay with the uncomfortable moments and live the questions more readily and honestly, because I'm not terrified by that inner darkness or difficulty that we all have, and I'm not trying to avoid it. So then again, I get back to being vulnerable or nonviolent or allowing that sense of peace to be part of the chaos. That's what I get from astrology. And that's what I felt John O'Donohue was saying. Well, what a lovely um, reference for astrology, Laura, really. And I, you know, I would, I would add to that that we have to come to ourselves with some curiosity, with some respect and some curiosity for our making. Because we're not self-made. We're, we're, we, we come from something vast and wonderful, and we're holding it in our own way, not to make it a big responsibility, but to, it's a great joy and privilege to be a human these days. And, and so to, to come to the, the mysterious self, the separated self, 
and to know it and to um, not just congratulate yourself or to celebrate it, but to have some curiosity and respect for how complicated it is and that you won't be one way all the time. So, for example, Venus can be loving, but she can also be hateful. And she can be smoking hot and she can be frigid. And she can be those, those ways, she can express herself those ways. I'll use the pronoun she, although, of course, we're in a world in which all of that is changing and to a certain extent changing for really good reasons. But if we think about our Venusian selves, that, that in a nanosecond we can go from being very, very loving to being frosty, then it's, it doesn't mean that we don't have a hold of ourselves. It's that we're, all of these energies in us have range. And if we try and um, only hold ourselves to a, a certain expression, then it, it's very hard for that part of us to live the way it wants to live. It doesn't mean that we'll like it. And, but that we have choice about this, and we can't choose until we see. And that's the great thing about the chart. It says, let's take a look, and now that we see, we can, and now that we, with curiosity and love, we're holding everything here, we can make a different choice about how we want to live. So it's really like developing compassion through knowledge, Yes, and we all, you know, everybody learns a different way. We're all speaking of wiring, and, and in the horoscope, that's Mercury. It's a whole different discussion. But we're all, how it is that we know things, ways of knowing, we, we all know things in a different way. So information and knowledge and education, some people are body smart, some people are, are math smart. Some people are music smart. I mean, we know a lot about how differently we're able to receive information. And as an astrologer, I'm always working to change my language so that the pictures I make with the stories I tell about the, what's, what's in a person is I'm always searching for a diff- for different languages because different people get things in different ways, and uh, I think it's a part of the of the wonderfulness of astrology and that's part of the challenge for the astrologer. How can you make this information real to a person so that they either feel it, they see it, they hear it, or they dance it into their self understanding? Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. So. In a way, it's almost like taking charge and purifying the energy so that life flows to your advantage. But in doing that, you have to be willing to understand the darker, more complex complex aspects of the individual, which, again, I think astrology tends to be a roadmap to that. So that yes. the best we can do for others is to work on ourselves since we're all interconnected. And the best way to do that is to really understand the language of self, which I believe, again, astrology just points to that in, in such a helpful way. Yes, and it's not just to make you a separate, I figured it out, good luck, everybody. It's, it's, I don't think that that's how astrology works. I think that to 
to um, respect and grasp and hold in mystery and tenderness your own nature means that, and, and you're not only your comfort with that, but your practice with it, what the Chinese call cultivation. That when you are cultivating yourself, it makes room for, for your understanding of how, what is happening with the people around you and what's happening in your world. So that not only does, does it, in a way, go back to your word vulnerability, that opening yourself to something yields a kind of understanding and clarity that creates a, 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 a course, what, you know, to use O'Donoghue's word, the inner refuge. I know this. I know this not in some walled-off, isolated way, but in a pliable, breathing, warm, alive way, my, this, my nature, in relationship to other natures. So it makes it possible for us to see more clearly where in the world we are, we actually are, do I want to be here? Am I here because of the habits of mind and body that brought me to this point, to this relationship, to this um, way of being? And what, now that I am looking and now that I'm seeing and feeling this, what kinds of choices might I make now and how can I respect and honor or separate from the kinds of choices that I see other people making. And to be authentic with those choices, even though there may be great fear that surrounds that particular paradigm or choice. Yes, and, you know, the great Swiss psychologist Carl Jung was, was, quite, was quite clear when he talked about the relationship of the conscious and the visible to the unconscious, not checked out unconscious, but the deep well of connectedness and inner knowing that is invisible, the relationship of the visible to the invisible. And he, he said, consciousness is important. It is important to have clarity and come to consciousness. But consciousness will separate you because as you get clearer and as you get more authentic in your own self, it will realign you with people, relations, systems, and places in your life where your consciousness um, brings you to a different choice point in, in your life and in their lives. So consciousness, it's, it's, it isn't even that it's a two-edged sword. It's that it will bring you to a point of clarity that will change how it is that you conduct yourself. Mm. Oh, Carol, will you come back and talk about Neptune and many other things? Oh, you know, I would be honored to. Thanks so much, Laura. There's just not enough time. Thank you so very much. This was very helpful. And um, as I say with the ending of every one of my shows, to remind people, and astrology is a wonderful way to help you empower yourself because you complete you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Lar Redmond. Please join us again live next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be you and feel great in your own skin. <laughs>